0: You know, tell us who you are, Jill Schultz. Tell us about yourself and your journey from trauma to recovery. And also, I would say, you know, put that little disclaimer in that we were just talking about earlier.
1: Absolutely. I'm just changing my name here really quick because it's, I want people to see the name of my website if they want to get the resources. So thank you for having me on, Isaac. Yeah, you and I were just kind of talking because you wanted to make sure that, you know, you know not only are your listeners protected, but am I protected? And, you know, are we going to be censored having this conversation? Cause this is a conversation that people are not having, which is why I wrote the book, which is why I don't know if you ha- have faith or whatever you, you believe in. I'm a but, Christian. So God is the one who asked me to do this. And it was a very, very, very long struggle to get me here, to be able to be comfortable enough to write this book. but, um it's so needed so if anything that i'm saying to your community if you are hearing a story like this for the very first time or if this is triggering a memory for you or if this is something that you know that you have needed to address for a very long time and you're just now hearing me talk about it and how i've healed from all this i want you to be safe i want you to be protected and there are lots of resources out there the topic is around sexual trauma. Um, there is a, There are a lot of resources available to you, but if you can see my name on here, Jill E. Schultz, um, I have a website and on my website, there is a get help section. It's under resources and it says get help. So it's a way for you to quickly access some of those um, anonymous places where you can go and talk to somebody and um, because this is a very triggering topic for people. And, um, so thank you for asking that question. First of all, Isaac, cause I, you know, it's, it's really important to me that the people listening are safe, but, um, you want me just to dive in?
0: Yeah, just dive in.
1: Okay. So, um, I was molested when I was about three or four years old and I'm so grateful for the me too movement because I feel like people now are able to speak up More easily around sexual abuse than you know when I was growing up, and so I'm grateful that people are able to talk about this more easily now. But my story goes deeper, and my story is one that unfortunately people are not talking about, and that's how children act out because of what somebody taught them to do, and what how I was acting out was I was experimenting with other children, and I you know I don't remember who hurt me. I don't remember it happening. I just know that I knew way too much about sex at a very young age and children in between the ages of seven and 12 was when I was acting out and experimenting with other children. Kids at that age don't know how to have sex. I knew how to have sex. And so I know that it happened. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of therapy around all of this, but my only goal is to normalize this conversation, get people talking about it. Because as I started to share my story more and more and more, I heard that's my story too. And I was blown away because I lived with so much shame thinking I was the only little girl who ever did anything like that. And it's way more common than you can even imagine. So that's why the book is here. That's why you and I are talking right now because I just want to spread the word and help people know you get to get out from underneath this. You know, I, I had so much self-loathing for how I acted out and so much shame around that. And, you know, you get to forgive yourself. You get to love yourself as you know, I was a little girl and it took a therapist at one point to say that to me, How He said, you know, who do you know? That's 12 years old. And I thought of my niece and he said, do you think your niece reasons like an adult? Do you think she acts like an adult? Do you think she really thinks about things in an adult manner? Cause my feelings around myself was that I was a monster and a pedophile in between the ages mm-hmm. of seven and 12. I mean, can you imagine thinking of yourself that way? And so I just want people to know that if this is your story, that, you know, you get to get help and you get to, you get to love yourself and forgive yourself and live the most beautiful life. Because I believe that everything that's on our hearts was given to us by God and, and we get to have those things. So that's a little bit about me, Isaac.
0: (laughs) All right, then. So let's talk about your childhood. You said you don't remember what happened to you, but that you knew a lot about sex uh, can you elaborate on that?
1: I don't know that I want to. I'll just All say right. that, that yes, I was experimenting sexually with other children, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Just, I'd rather leave it at that.
0: I understand. All right. So what led you to, uh, what started you on your path to recovery? You said you felt compelled by God?
1: Yeah. Well, my recovery started a long time ago the the beginning parts of my recovery started a long time ago um and i was 33 because i'm 55 now when i was 33 years old i knew something was wrong because i wasn't connecting with men and like a man would walk in the room and and he would look at me and i'd immediately put my my eyes down and i never wanted a man to see me because i thought Oh my God, if a man really knew what I had done, how could he love me? And now I'm like, how can he not love me? Because I've done all this work and all the healing and, you know, all the things. But I started going to therapy when I was 33. And it was for that reason, because I really wanted to find out why I wasn't connecting with men. That was the first step. And I'll share, because I think this is so, so, so important, you know, those, those first times walking into his office, I thought, oh my God, how can I say these things out loud? Like I just had the biggest pit in my stomach because me feeling like I was a pedophile and a monster at, you know, at a young age. And and that carried on with me throughout, you know, my, my whole life. And so walking into the therapist's office and saying, you know, I need to say this out loud. How can I say this? He's going to think those things about me. But it's still to this day is so amazing to me and so beautiful to me that the level of love and kindness and compassion and understanding that was on the other side of me saying those words out loud was unbelievable. And I have shared my story a lot in the past 41 years, especially in the last you know year and a half as this book was coming out. And every single time that I've shared my story, it has always been met with compassion and kindness and love and not the, what are they going to think of me? They're going to think I'm a monster. So I want I want your listeners to know that if this is your story and you need to talk about it, that what you've made up in your head about what somebody else is going to think about you or say about you when you actually get to say those words out loud is a lie. It's just a lie.
0: So when you went to the therapist, you said you had a male therapist. Did you intentionally choose a male therapist? Cause you said you had a hard time connecting with men. How did you get over that hurdle of opening up to a therapist?
1: Thank you. Um I you know what, in that kind of a scenario, I wasn't I didn't have any thoughts either way around that he was referred to me by a friend of mine who was having great success with him and so I it's it's not it's mostly men that I'm attracted to that I would have that reaction with not just any man so for there was no there wasn't anything around that for me to to have him be my therapist I have had two male therapists actually
0: gotcha all right Dan so You said that God prompted you. Can you uh, delve on that a little bit more? Like uh, what kind of led you to have this awakening?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I've done a lot of transformational work. I did a program called, um, oh my God, why can't I think of it? Landmark. Do you know Landmark? Have you heard of Landmark Education? That
0: sounds familiar. That's like a, that's like a mega church, isn't it?
1: No, it's just, it's a transformational program. In fact, I started doing my first therapist and landmark at the same time. And that work sped up my healing by a thousand times. Cause it really is, you know, when you're pointing your finger at somebody else blaming, you have three fingers pointing back at you. So it's really about looking at yourself and taking responsibility. And I don't mean taking responsibility for who hurt you, taking responsibility for right now. Like you get to choose every single day, what your life looks like and stepping out of being a victim and blaming everybody else for your problems and taking responsibility. So I did landmark. And during that, I, that's when I started really getting the healing. And then it was many years later, um, it's probably been 15 years since I did landmark. I stepped into another leadership program called hardcore leadership. And then I did their PhD program, which sounds like I have a PhD, but I don't, it's just the name of the program, but it was through that program that God really started to work through me. And, um, let me know that this, this is my purpose. Cause I prayed for my purpose for a very long time, a very, very, very long time. And I always like, I, I ha- I'm a serial entrepreneur and I have I the businesses that I have, I love, but it was never like, Oh my God, this lights me up. So I was praying and praying and praying for that and be careful because never would I have prayed to have this be my purpose and my, my mission in life. But now that it is, I really see it as a gift because All the trauma and all the hurt and all of that that I went through, I now get to take that and I get to help other people to heal from their pain and know that they're not alone. So um, it was was that program that really prompted all of it. And through my healing there and really having self-love and self-forgiveness, I was able to open up and step into this opportunity that's being presented to me to really step into this and, and share. So did that answer your question?
0: yeah yeah. and I'm assuming landmark is like a Christian kind of self-help not at all type of no nope, all right not at all uh, so, it's not, so what it,
1: none of those are affiliated with churches it's really just about um looking at your life and taking like I said taking responsibility um a lot of relationships are healed in in those types of programs like I'll give you an example I had a girlfriend and I was having some struggles with her and we had had It had probably been about six months since I had spoken to her. It could have been longer than that. I don't remember. It's been quite some years and her and I are still very close to this day, but I was having some major struggles with her and we had a huge, huge falling out. And so every day in my life, excuse me, as I'm going through my day-to-day actions and my day-to-day activities and all the things it's right here, like this hiccup with my friend is right here in front of me. And I really can't step into all the things that I want and love to do in my life when I have something blocking me. So in these types of programs, you get to look at that problem and you clean it up so that it's out of your path so that you get to move forward and create whatever in your life. So I've had friends who have healed relationships with um, their, their parents who they haven't spoken to you in years. Um... It's a, it's a really, really beautiful program of just healing you from whatever trauma you've gone through. Maybe you've cheated on a husband and you have that in your path. Maybe, um, I don't know anything in your life that, that has caused conflict or turmoil that you ha- still have in your orbit. You get to clean that up so that you get to move through life and just know that every day that you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You don't have any drama, you know? doing this at you so but it's no there's no church affiliation with with any of these programs
0: gotcha so let's talk about the healing journey how did it go from the beginning to the end and I'm curious to know when did you realize that you were healed and that like the trauma that was holding you back no longer held you back
1: yeah thank you (laughs) <laughs> excuse me um you know the first step was doing landmark and, and that first therapist um and I saw him probably for about three or four years and then of course I thought oh I'm healed I'm fine um but another way that I had acted out was I had an eating disorder and I had an eating disorder until I was 41 years old I was bulimic until I was 41 oh, wow years old. and you know going through life and and feeling like I would gotten through some of the trauma healing you know I at 41, I'm like, listen, you better get your, I don't know if you swear or not. Do you swear on here? Uh,
0: let's keep it safe for work.
1: Okay. Um, just get your stuff together. If you do not deal with this eating disorder, you are going to die. And so that's when I started seeing my second therapist and he was the one who, um, talked to me about, you know, when I was, who do you know, that's 12 years old. You know, I really got a lot of Healing around that. That was the first time that I ever had any sort of relief around this, was when he compared me to a 12 year old child and r- thinking that I had reasoned like an adult when I was a 12 a year old child. It was the first time that I really gave myself a break and thought, my God, maybe I'm not a monster, you know? And then, um, I started doing some coaching in a community. Her name's Shanda Sumter. Her company is called Heartcore. And everything has been so strategically placed by God. Like everything that has happened, all the healing that I've done, all the, the hard work, all the people that have been put in my life in order for me to get to that healing has been very strategic. And I love the saying, success leaves clues, because if you will open up your eyes and be open to your intuition and what god is putting in front of you the answers are all right there and so i had joined this coaching community shanda sumter and hardcore and through that business coaching program she had this leadership program and then she had the PhD program and those two programs. And I don't know if it's because I was truly a hundred percent ready to let go and heal from those things, or if this program really is that impactful. Um, but those that's, that's when I was like, okay, it's time to let all this go. You know, I, I have suffered long enough. And so I got a significant amount of my healing when I was 51 years old, I was doing work through them. And that's when I got my self-love and it took a little while longer for the forgiveness to happen. Um, But I'll tell you what, like just being able to do that work and let go of everything. Life on the other side is so magical. Like I used to have what I call my shame cloud. And every morning I'd wake up and be here, I'd go to sleep and it was there. And it's just this dark, oppressive feeling that I had on me all the time, because it was the secrets that I had that I needed to heal from and doing this work. And now like after having that cloud hovering for 41 years, it's gone now. And I actually look for the cloud. Sometimes I'm like, where is the cloud? But it's gone. And it's because I took the time to really, Understand that I get to heal from this and I get to love myself. And now, you know, now I'm creating this magnificent life. God and I have this daily dance that I do. I love manifesting more than anything in the whole wide world. It is, I, it's so fun to just be playful and daydream and really know, like I said earlier, everything on your heart was given to you by God and it's yours to have. And it's your only job every single day to feel what it feels like to have that and tell yourself that you get to have that. And then God moves mountains for you to have that. And so now after doing all the work, I have this blank canvas that I just get to create this beautiful life with God. And, and yeah, my, my, my mission is hard. It's heavy. It's a lot of that, but it's also like miracles get to happen, you know?
0: On this road to recovery, did you reach out to any of the people in your past that you had experimented with and apologize or anything like that?
1: I'm gonna also leave that question on the. Table.
0: I understand. Thank Let you. me ask you this: Is healing an ongoing process? Meaning, did do you still have your days where that dark cloud might uh, reappear, or is it totally gone?
1: No, I have my days. I had a day like that the other day. Um, you know there's things especially when it comes to sexual trauma things trigger and to me sexual trauma is like a wave like you remember and then you forget and you remember and then you forget and so you know sometimes I'll have a memory pop up and it's uncomfortable and so that that dark cloud shows its rears its ugly little head but I'm able to let it go very quickly I'm able to you know pull away from that emotion and, and let go of that very quickly. And that's, excuse me, that that's, you know, I think a lot of that comes from self-worth and knowing that I get to be happy and I get to live a beautiful life and having the confidence in that, that it's easier for me to let it go now instead of hovering like it used to.
0: How do you go about being an advocate for others who have experienced sexual abuse? Is yeah. it just a book or do you actually counsel others what what exactly is it that you do
1: thank you uh no well that's what i'm actually creating right now the book just came about it just it actually was just released um last wednesday so the book is just out there um and Right now, I'm not a therapist, so I am not qualified to counsel people. I am an expert by experience and I can share my story and I can share how I healed, just like we're doing here. And my ultimate goal, as soon as I stepped into this, was getting on stages and just speaking, shouting my message from the rooftop. And I talked to a friend of mine who's a public speaker and he's like, if you want to get on stages, you've got to write a book. I did not want to write a book. The book is here. So my goal is just to, you know, be able to speak on stages and platforms like this, but also right now I'm looking for affiliate relationships that I can partner with for programs that are qualified to support people who are in this space, because I am not qualified to do
0: that. I understand. What, what other kind of obstacles did you face in this, uh, healing journey?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, it all comes down to self-worth and, and, I think people looking at me from the outside would think that I had success because I have four businesses. One of them is the book and speaking on stage is that one is just coming about, but I have an event business. I'm in the wine industry. I do vacation rentals. So I think people looking at me from the outside would think, wow, she's really successful. But to me, there's always been this. You know, it was the dark cloud holding me back, imposter syndrome, like all those things, because I didn't feel like I was worthy to have massive success. I've and I I also think too that God has also kind of been shifting me for a long time. I've been very blessed to love what I do. You know, I I love my event business, my wine business is super fun. Um, but I never felt fulfilled in those. And so I think that those have been an ends to a means for me, you know, I, I, I'm not planning on not having those businesses, but right now I get to focus my attention on, you know, sharing my story and getting on stages and stuff. But I never was, I never created the massive businesses that I wanted to because I didn't feel like I deserved it, you know, um, and I, like I said, I think it was kind of a double-edged sword. I think God, I think I had, have, have those businesses because they were paying the bills for me, but this is really where I get to step into and, and shine and, and, you know, help people and have that fulfillment that maybe I didn't feel like I deserved because of the shame that I lived in. So relationships and, um relationships with men. I have many, many, many friends, um, excuse me, romantic relationships with men was an area. I have many friendships with men and women and things like that, but business are the two that I would say impacted me the biggest because of my shame.
0: You mentioned imposter syndrome. That's a phrase that I hear a lot nowadays. Can you explain exactly what that is and what do you think is the cause of that? I know you, you mentioned that your trauma may have caused imposter syndrome. Is that, is it always trauma that causes imposter syndrome? Or I don't
1: think so. No, I don't, I don't think so. Imposter syndrome is feeling like you aren't qualified to, to be doing what you're doing or, or that you have fooled people to think that you're qualified and you're not like, um, God, I, I'm not going to, I have a friend who, was talking about imposter syndrome and she's a really successful salesperson, but she, she lacks the confidence that that's really who she is. And so that's imposter syndrome to me. And no, I don't think it's related to trauma. Um, I think, I think many people can suffer from imposter syndrome, you know, and it could be self-worth for all sorts of different reasons, but yeah, I know. I feel like it's kind of this new key phrase that people are using, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah what advice do you have for others who are in a similar situation that you were in um
1: well number one and this is my favorite saying um life happens outside your comfort zone
0: mm-hmm.
1: so whatever is feeling icky in your life whatever is holding you back whatever you know you're avoiding you get to look at that head on and say, you don't own me anymore because shame can't live in the light. So you get to talk about it. You get to get past it. You get to get over it. So whatever. Yeah. I I love that saying is life happens outside your comfort zone. So look at those hard things and clean those up because as soon as you can clean those up and heal from those, that's when you have this blank canvas to create whatever life you want.
0: What changes can we make as a society to better protect children and also to help victims
1: thank you um so in the book my ther- my therapist actually wrote a chapter in the book and i love that he contributed because one of the things i feel like from his perspective i don't have children so um it's hard for me to speak to what i would do but you know how many times does a child have to learn addition and subtraction and multiplication like they go over that over and over and over and over and again in school right mm-hmm. why do we feel like we just have to have the birds and the bees conversation one time you if need that. to continue yeah if that right uh-huh. you need to have those conversations over and over and over again with your children and you need to start with them at a basic level wherever they're at. And as they get older, it's going to get more complicated and more um, detailed, but just, you know, letting them know boundaries, you know, telling them about boundaries using actual words instead of fun, little silly words like cookie and flower, you know, using the body part words um, for, for your children. um, So they're very clear when they're speaking about those and. If you have a child that has been hurt or if you've been hurt, find somebody that you can talk to. Find a qualified professional that you can talk to. If it's your child, make sure that you do your due diligence and you find a couple of different references that you can talk to. But ask very specific questions. Make sure that they specialize in sexual trauma uh, before you take your child to them.
0: Do you think this is something uh, we as a society haven't really confronted?
1: Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. This is the dark shadow, you know? Nobody's talking about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I often think about how many problems in our society might stem from this. For example, the Catholic Church sexual abuse scandal. You know, there are so many children who who were abused by Catholic priests. And I wonder, you know, is that a cause for so much crime, poverty, uh, homelessness, drug abuse? I wonder if that's the issue. And I, I think that maybe this book, well, not maybe, I believe that your book could definitely be beneficial to help people heal. Has writing this book, I imagine it's been very therapeutic for you and your healing journey, correct?
1: That I, I get asked that question a lot. Um... So I have two chapters in the book. I wrote the introduction and I wrote the final chapter. The rest of the book is other people who have either experienced, who acted out like I did, or some stories are people who have found forgiveness for people who have hurt them. I told you that my therapist wrote a chapter. I I have a chapter with a woman who her child was being molested by her father as an infant and her Mm -hmm. struggle through the court systems to get custody of her daughter. It's just, our court systems are so messed up. And then the last part of the the book is really, I wanted to leave people on a light note. I wanted to, 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 give hope. So the last chapters are about hope. So I feel like for me, I had already gone through a lot of the healing. So I don't know that the book was super therapeutic for me, but it would seem like a good answer to say yes to that. But I feel like by the time I heard already stepped into doing the book, I had gotten to that place of already having self-love and self-forgiveness. But I hope for so many people that that this book helps them know that they're not alone. And because that was my biggest thing. If somebody had written this book, you know, 20, 30 years ago, my life would be different now. But I thought I was the only person who ever did anything like this.
0: Your public speaking, when you go and speak about these issues, how are people receptive of it? Do they, You know, because like I said, it is heavy subject matter. Are people resistant to it? Are they open to it? How do they respond?
1: Well, the speaking part is happening now. Like I'm working on my keynote. I have not booked any live speaking engagements. I've done a bunch of podcasts. I've done probably 40 or 50 podcasts in the last six months. Um, But I have not had the opportunity to get on stage. But I'm excited because even though my story is around sexual trauma, it doesn't mean yours is. Everybody has a secret. So, you know, depending on the community of people, is going to depend on how I, how I frame my stuff, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't have any answer for you yet because I haven't gotten on any stages yet.
0: Do you have any like uh, apprehension or like fear of getting on stage and speaking about this?
1: Um, The fear is not, Me sharing my story because now it lights me up to share my story. The fear is more about getting up in front of a large, like the first couple of times doing it, you know, getting on stage in front of people. But who doesn't have a fear of speaking in front of large groups of people? So I don't, I don't have a fear about my story. It's more, you know, just doing it for the first couple of times and getting over that um, fear of public speaking.
0: So you said that you were 33 years old before you really got therapy and that you are 51 now. 55. So 55. So do you feel like you have a whole new lease on life? Do you feel like you are like just now living for the first time or?
1: Yeah, like it's, it's this level of freedom that I have now. You know, I, yeah, I, it's undescribable to me because now I get to just create this amazing life, knowing that I'm helping people, you know, I finally have my purpose. And even if, even if I didn't have all the healing that I have around the sexual trauma that I have, like, I finally know my purpose. And when you know your purpose, you get to step in and just go balls to the walls, right? You're just like, I, nothing's holding me back from, from, from making a difference. And so, I think it's kind of both of those things together right now that that have me so excited. But yeah, being able to being able to get on the other side of 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 all of that, like just waking up, the sun is brighter, you know. It's I I, I dancing is more fun, music is better, you know. It's just it's a whole a whole new experience to be able to do it on the other side of shame. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Do you ever like think like, man, why did I wait so long to begin this journey?
1: I, I know the answer to that. And I know God's just been preparing me. You know, I was not yeah. ready to take this on before. And now with all the work that I've done and all the healing that I've done, I'm ready now. So it was more about him than me.
0: Gotcha. What's your main goal with your book and your public speaking? What do you, you said you have your purpose now. What is your purpose and what is your goal to give to the world?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, my purpose is just to help people know that they're not alone and they get to live life, a beautiful life. You know, they get to say it out loud. They get to get forgiveness. They get to forgive themselves and they get to. Step into who they're supposed to be. That's that's my mission. My goal is really. I have a couple of different goals. I get it, when I first um said yes to this, I had some big visions of big stages like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone and Oprah Winfrey and Renee Brown. Like I and because I know that everything that's on my heart was given to me by God, and those are mine to have. Like I know I get to have those things. I know those things are coming. I also am excited about my mission spreading like wildfire and those opportunities coming to me. Like I've worked so hard to get to this place. Now people get to hear about me and I don't have to, it gets to be easy. Like life gets to be easy now. And the other thing is just um, s- staying kind. I'm kind, I'm um, empathetic and I'm grounded. Those three things are important
0: to me. That's interesting. Empathetic, kind, and grounded. So it's interesting. You, you've gone on this healing journey and now you have more compassion and you're kinder to others. You know, that's empathy is something that we're lacking in the world. I think that maybe this book and you're speaking can definitely help people heal their trauma and have more empathy for others. So let's talk about uh, your book. Where can people go to find it?
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm going to send you the links, Isaac, so you can put them in the the notes there, but um, jilleschultz.com, my website, there is a a link right there for the book. I have some worksheets there too, if people want to, you know, um, I have seven critical steps to healing, like things that I did to heal. I have an uncover your shame. Um, So if you're still kind of struggling with where you feel like you have shame, there's one question on there that I love, Isaac. It's what is only one thing you and God know? Hmm, And I love that. That's interesting. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, So, so is, is the best place to find me. I do have social media, but you can find all of those links on my website.
0: All right then. Hey, this was a great discussion. I I wish you a lot of luck on your public speaking journey. I mean, a lot of success on your speaking journey. And uh, I think that this book is something that people will really need, and it'll be a great benefit to the world. Is there any last thing you want to say? The final word or anything like that?
1: As always, life happens outside your comfort zone. Face yeah. it head on. You don't own me anymore, and. Say it out loud because shame can't live in the light.
0: Awesome, I like that phrase. All right, Dan, this has been a great discussion. Thank you for coming on, Jill.
1: Thank you, Isaac. It was
0: lovely meeting you. You as well. Take care. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but are you looking to reach a dynamic and engaged audience of curious minds? Well, look no further. Bright Brains Podcast is the perfect platform to showcase your business or product. You'll be able to reach a diverse and intelligent audience and engage with listeners passionate about personal development, technology, and more. Elevate your brand through thought-provoking discussions. Don't miss this opportunity to promote your business on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the market. Contact us today to discuss advertising options and elevate your brand to the next level. Contact us at brightbrainspod at gmail.com to secure your advertising spot on Bright Brains today. Again, that's brightbrains with a Z, pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another enlightening conversation here on Bright Brains. I hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your own bright ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or however else you listen to this podcast. Also, we can be found on all major social media. Just type in bright brains with a Z. And remember, the brightest minds are those that never stop seeking knowledge.